My name is Dimitri, and I'm a productivity and minimalism enthusiast. I'm Chance. I'm a philosophy and ethics enthusiast. And you're listening to the Rise Productive Podcast. The show where productivity meets philosophy. And what it means to build a better life. Enjoy the show. If you're listening to this, you are not on our private subscriber feed, and you will only be hearing a portion of this episode. If you'd like to listen to the full-length episode, you'll need to go to riseproductive.com membership or sign up on your favorite podcasting app for exclusive access. From there, you'll also get access to our exclusive newsletter, the weekly pour-over, our private members-only Slack community, and any other subscriber-only content. So if you enjoy what we are doing here, please consider becoming a member. You know, I'm just trying to get the worst Rice Productive Enthusiast quote of the week out there for you one week so you can just absolutely blast it. Yeah, I want something bad, man. <laughs> you were saying before the podcast every time, and it's so true, every time we read a quote, Let's go. Yeah, like, I like this quote. <laughs> it's like he even typed out like his is a response for once, which was kind of funny. And he like typed out like, "Oh, this this quote's good." And I just thought about it. Like I heard the voice of you doing it from like prior episodes in my head. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I really like this quote because I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I'm like it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's uh. That's definitely a repeated phrase for me, but I don't know. I mean, I read a lot of these quotes. You're like, I I love these quotes. They hit me. They hit me mid-episode because I'm like, wow, this is going to launch into everything we're going to talk about. It's so nice. Yeah, it's it's good. I think I think I really like that response. You know, it's like you really like the quote. I really like the response. So we're glad we don't we don't do that kind of stuff. So TLDR for me, we do like a thirty second life check. Life's good. Lot going on. That's why the episode is talking about overcoming overwhelm because channel's blowing up. Things are blowing up with the channel. I'm still in shape. Still work out. <laughs> Works good. All right, we're good. <laughs> How about you? TLDR from me because we were talking about overwhelm. We don't have a lot of time here. Started law school last week. I'm already in the heat of it. Um, there wasn't a thing called syllabus week. They just said begin doing the work, um, which is a lot. So that's fun. Um, balancing running, which has been good. I took a little slight down week this week, but I think I'm actually going to be able to adjust well to normal mileage and training again next week. So looking forward to it. A lot of administrative stuff for both law school and running. Got the rise productive stuff. Keeping up with the girlfriend. It's, uh, it's all a lot, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy in every moment. So I know I'm in a good place. Controlled chaos, my friend. Exactly, exactly. So today we're going to talk about how to overcome overwhelm, Mm. which I think is a nice little topic. It's going to, we're going to talk about some of the life situations that we're dealing with, how they can feel like it's a lot and how you even get to a place where it is a lot. And then some of the the techniques and stuff that we, um, we use to, uh, overcome the busy overworked or maybe not overworked but large workload yeah because there's just a crazy um amount of work i feel like that we both got going on inside of like the real work we do the side work we do because i feel like it's really hard for you too because i was in that circumstance obviously a little over a year ago just the whole like work is school but also the side work is running but like you have multiple parties vying for that to be the main thing on both sides of the spectrum, which is a lot. And 
I'm definitely feeling that for myself because I'm like the secondary party being like, all right, work's important, dude, but like you got to get all this other stuff done with it's productive. And also there's the voice in my brain, like don't miss a day of working out. So um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people always vying for your, your energy and your time in life when, when you're a student athlete and when honestly, just to say it how it is, like when you're somebody who like genuinely gives a, gives a crap about staying in shape, like staying in shape, staying in shape because I used to be a divisional athlete and like not losing the physique to, to put it bluntly, like just not changing how I look. It, it does kind of take a lot of a mental load to, to do all the, the day-to-day work and also make sure you're eating well and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it is a lot. And I think that, um, that is a good kind of a good springboard here is talking about how people just pull your life in all these different directions. If you let them, everyone's trying to buy for your time. Everyone wants them to do that thing for you. I mean, I have five or six law school professors who want me to take all my time towards their classes, which is probably the center of their universe, or at least to some extent. I got coaches that want me to give all my time to recovery and training, which is great. I got friends, girlfriend, Dimitri, all trying to buy for my time. I get my own category. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's rice productive stuff. So Uh, it's like, it's a different manifestation of friends, but, um, I think the big point here is that fine, it's fine if people want to pull your time in different directions. I think that's inevitable. I think it's good to be in community. Being entirely independent of people is um, probably unhealthy. But two things. I think one is that you need to make time for those things that are actually about you. And to be sure you mentioned like eating well, exercising. Those Mm. aren't things that are responsibilities in any type of way. You don't owe anyone anything when you go and do those things. You're just doing them for yourself. And it's great because you have to have some level of that. Otherwise, you're going to lose a little bit of the semblance of the self that you want to see in the mirror. And I think the other thing that's really key here is maybe keeping up those relationships, but also reflecting on how important these responsibilities are to you. So if you're getting pulled in all these different directions and you're feeling resentment rather than joy or pride in the things that you're doing, that can be really exhaustive. And I think right now I'm in a pretty good spot where I feel like everything that's pulling me in different directions, I'm happy about it. I'm happy to go downtown to class or come all the way back up and go get to practice or go commute over to my girlfriend's house. I'm happy doing all these things because I'm happy with all these relationships and the reciprocity of like the joy it brings me as well. And so I think that is really key. And if you get into a situation where you're getting pulled in a direction that you're not really feeling happy about over a long period of time, I think that's when it really draws a red flag. Yeah. I mean, we've um, just to, just to jump into this quote, because I feel like it kind of fits what a tangent I might go on right after. Um, a person who never made a mistake, never tried anything new, Albert Einstein. So I think, I guess for me, a way that I view this quote is the fact that while we do all make mistakes in the way we prioritize our time based on who we give it to and stuff, I think also being willing to make maybe a mistake in, I'm not saying axing a friendship but or relationship, but taking the risk of going away from a relationship that maybe your current life situation is is saying 
in the average, like, yeah, be with them. Or it's a, it's like, it's the normal thing. You know, you grew up with that group of friends. Like it's the normal thing to keep hanging out with them. It's like, well, what if not that maybe going away from them and, you know, doing less things with them would be a mistake, but you wouldn't know if you didn't try uh, to, to spread your wings and fly in other ways in life. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. I mean, I think that one reason I always say this, one reason that you and I are still moving on the same trajectory is that you and I both have our own independent trajectories too. Mm. We're both Mm -hmm. aspiring to be highly conscientious, highly successful people in our respective fields. And then we also come Uh together and, you know, we do this podcast and we have goals collectively for this and for other things. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, if you don't feel like you're moving in and I think that it's tough because I think you can move in different directions like you and I, and still keep in touch with someone. But I think it's when you lose some of those fundamental principles and that's not even politics or like social takes, but just like some of those fundamental principles of like aspiration almost. I think that is where you really get to a point where it's like, okay, maybe this isn't a place I want to dedicate my time. Yeah. I feel like oftentimes when I speak with people at work, I notice that I definitely, I relate a lot with a lot of the people at my new job because I feel like generally speaking, most of them are pretty aspirational and the ones I relate to more are more aspirational than the other ones. And like, I'll, I'll make statements like, I mean, fundamentally the reason why I feel like a lot of times when we have work day functions, I don't drink is because I have the YouTube stuff the next day and I also have to drive back. So like, I don't need DUI, but Outside of the DUI, like I just won't even have one drink because yeah, you can have one drink and, and, and drive generally speaking, if it's like a white claw or a beer or something, that's not, I mean, that's not a land just to say you're not at the a legal limit. Um, yeah. but then they'll be like, yeah, it's, that's a good way to, to look at it. Like, and I vibe with the people who actually genuinely get why I'm not drinking for that reason. And I definitely noticed that in the place of work I'm at, which is really nice. Cause it's like. I definitely know that taking the risk for me, switching jobs was a big risk, I think mentally in May, because while I did get a lot of benefits from the new gig, from a monetary standpoint, from a time off perspective, I had a really great relationship with my boss and my coworkers. And for me, relationships in my places in life matter to me often the most. So that jump, that leap of faith I took was, was big for me, but I feel like I even fit in more from a, goal standpoint with my coworkers on average than prior. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And I think that that is something that's going to last in the future. Like, I think it's good that you can be pals with people, but I think a lot of times those, uh, like those fundamental agreements. And I, I started to feel this way when I looked around in my, um, my law school classes. Like, I think sometimes people get along really well. Cause it's like, Oh, we're both new to industry. Or like, oh, we're both in our 20s. Like kind of like circumstantial things like that versus more fundamental things like, oh, you like getting up early and like working on a side hustle too? Cool. Or like, yeah, I don't know, you work really hard because you're trying to juggle between family and I don't know, some other kind of hobby or like trying to keep up like a running career. Like I think those are more fundamental things it might not always Mm. be as fun and glamorous on the surface but it can be really contentful i actually found out so when one of my coworkers flew in he talked about 
PMP, which is like professional project manager. Uh, it's like a cert that you can take. He's our project manager on our team uh, for our client. Uh, basically he's on internally, like we have a project manager to manage all the different requests the client is coming in. And I like low key just love that that job exists, you know, as a productivity and project management and task management nerd. I'm like, dude, he's, we nickname him. Ah, uh, I'll give away his name if I do that. So I won't, but we, we have a funny nickname for him and all this kind of stuff. So it's just really, it's a good time. And we ended up talking about PMP and the certification and what it takes. And he's like, honestly, you should try to take it. We talked about how I do consulting with notion um, and he's like, oh, that's really cool. Like I'm, I'm thinking about like the way that that certification can help me get certain, get consulting. We even talked about rates and stuff, which was like, it was just a whole thing. Like he gets up before work and works out and he was studying for this exam. And that's sort of an outside of work thing that helped him inside of work thing, but also will help him in possibly doing, um, he's think thought about doing Asana consulting because he, he works oh, so that cool. at work so much. It's, it's, it was like a really good conversation, which we probably wouldn't have had over zoom because it's such a large team that it took for us to all be in person to like humanize each other. And then now we'll probably like ping each other more and be on calls and stuff and like banter more. I don't know. Nice. That's a cool connection, man. Oh yeah. That's really but cool. He's also was like, he, I thought he was gonna be like six foot maybe. And he's like six, three and yoked. Um, <laughs> it's just like such a funny like difference that you see over trying to figure out how tall someone is over zoom is ridiculously hard oh my god it's like trying to imagine what the rest of their face looks like when they have a mask on like you just never get it right i am just this is my guess i'll just be blunt like five nine to six foot for guys is my guess and then um like five three to five six for women so it it's like it's are you average? Nope. Okay, you just ruined my whole guess. <laughs> that's funny. That's a, yeah. that's a good heuristic. Yeah. Um, I think another point maybe for you to jump into here, just looking at the notes, is um, like you kind of said it in your TLDR, the uh, the channel's going a little crazy. You mm-hmm. got the consulting thing going up. Um, you want to talk about? Maybe, I don't know, some of the solutions that you're going to implement in the future for kind of weaving your way through this jungle of overwhelm because you got the daily upload, you got the consulting, you got more stuff with the podcast, unfortunately. No, you're good. It happens. So basically Chance is busy with law school. What that last comment was like, I'm probably going to do editing again for the podcast, which is fine. Um, It doesn't really take too much time. Mm Mm-hmm. I think for me, what's going on is I got daily uploads. I finally am getting Notion consultants. I still want to get courses out there because of the recurring revenue that that brings in. I want to find as many sponsored videos as I can. I got like three or four sponsored videos this month, which I forgot to mention to you, which is cool. Um, which oh, is obviously a lot of revenue um, for for the business. And with all this, the way that I'm tackling it first and foremost is task prioritization in its in its utmost from like the TP method that I use um, as well as like task delegation to the future. Um, there's a lot of times when I just see a huge task list and I'll just like shove those two weeks later because I, I think about it and they're not urgent. Maybe they're a little important, you know, maybe certain things like getting certain processes improved or getting certain aspects of like we want to get a discord out for the people who are members like there's only two of them at the moment so like 
sorry so so sorry on that but like i'm that's not what i'm going to prioritize for the next little while uh because i got to catch up on what i got to do and it's taking it day by day uh as well like today i'm having the theme of homeboy you editing until you drop and you are done with editing probably for the next like two (laughs) weeks and then i'll be able to take that forward and get into notion client work more so and it's really difficult to manage all that so my favorite thing to do personally is have a clear list of what i'm going to do for the day and a clear theme delegate anything that isn't that theme to a future time and also just take a couple minutes and breathe because like if you see a task overwhelm sort of situation happening you get overwhelmed so you just got to be like hey wait a second objectively speaking a lot of these to do's are only going to take me a couple minutes so it's 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 going to be okay because if you don't do that you just see the 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 giant group of them and you go oh my life's going to suck for the next like year <laughs> i actually um i really liked what you said there towards the beginning i don't even know if this is like one of your tips per se but you said like today like today's just going to be a big editing day like you're just going to go through and try to edit like five weeks worth of videos and try to get those ready for upload. I think that when you're tackling overwhelm and tackling that to-do list, I think it is nice to compartmentalize your tasks. Mm-hmm. It may be even like a task like session, like a whole work session based on one thing. And so like this week I have obviously a lot of reading for ma- mainly three classes that are for um, the bar exam. and so I have all the readings out and all those readings are due Monday and Tuesday. And so yesterday I'm looking at my stuff and I'm like, okay, well, I could do everything for Monday or I could try to do everything for Monday and Tuesday. And I'm looking at this list and I'm like, it's just too much. I can't do all that. I'm just like, I'm just going to do everything for this one class. Like I'm just going to try to like wipe out one class of Monday's assignments today. And I just sat there. I, I actually bought like a physical agenda again. Not because I want to capture on it. I really don't think it's a, a strong method for me to capture. I've been using Todoist instead. But I'll pull out my phone, pull out this physical agenda. It actually has this cute little thing at the top. It's like, like goal for the day. Hmm. And I would like, nice. I would write like, let's get my torts homework done. Yeah. And so I would just write out every little thing that needs to get done on my physical agenda, put my phone away. So it's just out of sight, out of mind. And then as I'm just going through, I'm just hitting all these checkboxes and finishing assignment after assignment. Next thing I know, I had the day's work done. Yeah. I think uh, one of my favorite uh, things about the task batchingness of that is it's just the focus that you have on the one task and not the worry about everything else. I had an analogy in my head I just came up with, which would be a tweet this podcast, Sean, moment, except for the fact that we don't have a podcast, Sean, and the fact that this is too long of an analogy. But people... <laughs> often in their brain view a lot of tasks going on and a lot of responsibilities is juggling and they view it as if gravity is the exact same on all of the balls that are being thrown in the air when in actuality with prioritization all the balls have independent gravity weights and they all come down faster or slower than each other like for example there are different parts of rice productive where if i if i was juggling in this scenario I'm juggling the video one probably probably due to the fact that it is every day. It does require the quickest reaction because gravity acts normal on that. But like improvements on sales funnels, things or getting courses up 
in my brain, I need to just know that gravity on that works like, I don't know, four times slower than the video one, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's, it's really not that, like, it's not going to come down that quickly. So stop worrying about the fact that it needs to, you have to catch it and throw it again. Oh, I like this. This is like, um, the, I think a good analogy here is like you're juggling like a, a ping pong ball, a tennis ball, and a bowling ball. Yeah. And they so all some have, things you throw up and they're light, and, you know, they don't take very long. Like, you have time. But then, like, if you're juggling a bowling ball, you throw that thing up, you better catch that real quick. Yeah. And it works. It works in the sense of how our brains think gravity probably would work with those three things, right? You know, obviously there's the old adage that like if you drop a feather and a, and a bowling ball, it'll fall at the same time. And people obviously didn't, don't account for, you know. Wind <laughs> resistance. Yeah, wind resistance. So like imagine it's the, that circumstance, right? A lot of these things are feathers, man. A lot of these things are feathers or tennis balls or ping pong balls. And then you only really got one <laughs> bowling ball probably in this scenario. So like, yeah, I just got to not dro- drop the dank bowling ball so it doesn't shatter or like break my foot. Um, but a lot of the other stuff is like, it's a ping pong ball. Like A, if it falls to the ground, not that devastating. B, it's going to take a longer time to fall to the ground. So I got to chill because in your brain, if you don't realize this and you just view it as just a <laughs> checking a bunch of bowling balls, you're going to freak the hell out. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think it's also a nice analogy because it, it, it's a manifestation of like, oh, keep it light. Yeah. You know, like just be open about stuff. I, mean, I think like a ping pong ball for probably both of us is the podcast. Yeah. Like it, it's something that's, we enjoy. It's fun. We obviously have a, a pretty rigid schedule that we're trying to keep to, but like mm-hmm. if we can't record on Thursday, then we try to record on Friday afternoon. And then yeah. if it doesn't work on Friday afternoon, then we record on Saturday and here we are. Yeah. So it's like just keeping it light, having that open communication about things too. And knowing that even if it fell to the ground, which it did not, um, mm. it's okay. Yeah. It's not going to break your foot. No, we're going to be fine. Like it does worry me in my own brain with all the new things going on now that I did probably add another bowling ball to the mix. So it's like, you need to double down on your mental okayness with the other things, maybe taking it deprioritization. Because if you don't, then you're worried about two bowling balls and the other things as if in in your own brain, there are bowling balls. But like, you know what? I'm not making courses, but it's okay because the revenue that's coming in from client work is significantly higher. Uh, so I can't get mad at myself for like, you didn't make enough time to make courses and do the client work <laughs> and have a daily posting schedule. It's like, no, dude, shut the hell up. Like, stop being so hard on yourself. And that's that's something that in this space and in this kind of community probably we're fostering to build. Maybe people are, are struggling with too. Yeah, yeah, I definitely hear that. Um, this makes me wonder about how you're handling other things then. Because mm-hmm. you do have a lot of stuff on your plate with Rise Productive. But oh. of course, you also have some other answers they're trying to get figured out. Like we kind of wrote on this, uh, this little docket here, mm. potential living switch situation. I've been so, trying to, yeah, I've been trying to think about like where to live probably for a while now. Um, I think at some point I want to get out of the burbs, get into the city. I really enjoy it. Um, and it becomes more and more of a reality probably as my income goes up and, and personal life things change. So, uh, and just like, you know, you're 24, 25, living at home forever isn't what anyone wants to do. So, um, 
it, it becomes that way when you hang out with your friends and you see things change and um, you're like, dang, it'd be fun to live like downtown. So that's coming up. But also thinking about when I do that, what do I do with my car? Where would I live? Who would I live with? Uh, those sort of things. And it takes a lot of mental weight to handle all of this RP stuff and get clear, conscious examples of what I actually want to do with my life out. So journaling really helps me. I do a lot of journaling, just, just typing wise. But then I honestly, what's been really nice is when I do drive to work, I audio journal and just spew out anything that's on my mind. And it does help big time to get some clarity. I think something for me that I, oh God, I hate this. But the car situation is unique, right? Because while there is an amazing thing that comes with the lack of the car payment, there is also the lack of accessibility to see loved ones as quickly. Um, I mean, that includes friends, family, based on geographically where I'm thinking of moving. Because like, to be frank, driving to see my parents or you, if I kept the car based on where I'm thinking about living, like it has a parking space. So like driving up to Loyola from there is like 20 minutes or 15 minutes. But if I don't have the car, it's like an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, which based on how many things I'm juggling, it truly, this is actually really true when people say like money does buy you a lot of things. To be frank, like money does get me the ability to have the videos edited. So it's like either I keep the car or I get rid of the car you know, we'll see. But if I pay for audio editors and stuff, that's one of those things to think about. Cause it's like, well, I'm getting that many hours back a month or week. Then I can also sell the car and be fine with it. But if I don't that extra time, if I didn't do either of those things, that extra time that it would take for me to get there, you know, it's like, if I don't get a video editor, but I sell the car, think about logistically how difficult that's going to be for me to make time for everything I need to in my life for myself and for my relationships, Mm. you know, from a time perspective. Yeah, it's true. That's true, man. That really makes me think that time's pretty linear and you can only like buy, you can only max it out in a certain amount. It's like you could sell your car and take that money to go pay for a video editor. If we're like to act like we're pulling from the same big bucket here, but yeah 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 the 30 minutes that you just lost from selling the car i have to make up for maybe yeah you have to make up for but you didn't you probably wouldn't get more time back maybe you would i think i'd get more time back if i i hired editors is the is the mental argument i'm having it's like okay hear me out if i get rid of the car monthly i would save let's say every video takes an hour to edit that's 30 hours maybe in a month i'm getting back Mm-hmm. so from social perspective yeah i'm still net gaining time so it's like i think i might have to if i sell the car i don't think it's an argument for myself i can't not let myself do that else our relationship my parent and mine my brother and mine you know that sort of friends in the suburbs you know all those sort of things like kind of it worsens that circumstance because i'm just net losing time right right yeah i like that Although the only other thing too is if you got really good at working on the public transit, you would save a lot of time. Because like your 45 minute wait. Stop. Don't. Uh, okay. You All could right. write like five productive brews during that time. Jesus Christ, man. Uh, he's making good points. Toxic productivity kicks there. in. Yeah, toxic productivity. 
No, but I, I do see that point to a certain extent. Um, but I feel like it's just, you know how many times I've heard from Ali Abdal, get an editor, it'll change your life. And I'm like, man. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? And he never posted daily, so what do I? <laughs> oh, what would I feel from he that change? You know? Yeah, probably a lot. Probably a lot. I, I just objectively think that I would have a life-changing month with like the first month that somebody edited all of my videos i'd be like man look at this i didn't do any of this and they probably double check their work people don't know this but i double check my videos being accurate literally by scrubbing through it and checking when the the different video transitions are and then putting it in the timestamps in the description and basically if unless i see myself accidentally um have put the like my screen recording spot without the screen recording on it so like just i accidentally like had the a roll have like the wrong edit on it or the other way around i don't know whether i messed up in the video or not until i watch it when it's live (laughs) that's how i'm working with my time right now (laughs) like that's how like limited the time is it's like uh i don't really even double check my videos i'd say there's minimal errors with most of your videos though and that's crazy to me though because it's like this is why i think it's a bad habit though because then at work with when something comes up i don't i don't habitually check my work (laughs) so it's like i don't know if that's a good habit yeah maybe not but um hey you're uh you're in the heat of things you know sometimes there's uh there's no time to double check that work controlled chaos honestly i think it makes the rush that i go with towards my video editing and the fervor makes it so that it's edited in such a short period of time that it really does help me um, get all this stuff done um, and probably makes it, it's almost like the the pressure makes diamonds sort of logic, but I don't know. You're just Parkinson law all the time? Oh yeah, I'm just like mid edit. You, you know, I edited a video in like 15 minutes before this podcast. So <laughs> like I, I was just like, yeah, I got to fit one in. Like, I don't know what else I'm going to do with this 15 minutes. God. <laughs> probably that came out crazy. fine how have you um been managing your exercise and your uh your diet through all this it's still been strong pretty good yeah non-negotiables for me are daily push-ups or and core and then there's obviously the bow flex which is way too convenient to not do uh, running is definitely taking a, a step back, but that's that's taking a step back multiple times in the last year and a half as my busyness mm-hmm. and or interest in running comes and goes. I think I go back and forth in my head on whether the excuse is my body hurts less um, or or not. My diet is usually good. I don't want to blame other people for my choices, but social circumstance and being fed something are usually the only reasons I will ever not eat well. Yeah, it makes sense. Like when you lived with me that last month, like did I, I always just cooked like a vegetarian, like healthy meal for like 95% of the time. Then we had a social circumstance and then I'll eat bad. Yeah. And that's fine. And I think that you shouldn't feel bad about that. You know, it's just like, if you want to, you know, go get some deep dish with the boys or like even just like have like a one sit down beer, you know, like there's no harm in an occasion like that when it calls for the occasion. But if it stays in that, you know, 5%, 10% piece of the pie, <laughs> no pun intended, Wait. either 90% being, you know, all good food, then who cares? 
Yeah. And I bet, I bet that also helps from a mental ease perspective. Cause I also, my non-negotiable is still the intermittent fasting, which has a very good effect on your metabolism and your ability to stay at the weight you're at. So from a, a calorie intake perspective, I'm still really good. So it's, it's hard to, to ever let that go for me. I think it's going to always be a part of my life, like wanting to be fit. I, I remember growing up and just thinking to myself like, man, I just don't ever want to be overweight. Cause I saw what it did to some people in my family. And I was just like, man, I don't, I can't, I, I, I just know I can't because all the things I love to do, I feel like I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to in the same capacity. And that would bother me a lot. You know, and I, I like what you're saying. I like what you said earlier about the, um, your non-negotiables, the push-ups, the, the Bowflex machine. I forget what else you said. There was one other thing. I'm just. There's those two. It, it, yeah, that, but push-ups, Bowflex, core. Core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that is really nice because I think for listeners or just people in general who haven't been like fully committed to like an athletic sport at the D1 level or just like really immersed into like some kind of physical activity really deeply. They get intimidated by the idea of starting some kind of workout regimen. They think that has to look a certain way. And I think that this is part of my critique with people who lift a lot. It's like, I think a lot of those like influencers, like you can look at like, even like Captain Sinbad, who's like really into boxing now. He makes it look like it has to be a certain way. Like, oh, you got to go to the gym every day and you got to be there for an hour and you got to like look at yourself in the mirror and like do all these reps. It's like, no, it doesn't have to be anything glamorous or even time extensive. It can just be like sit there and crank out some push ups like in, in four instances, like while you're waiting for your toast, while the shower is you know, getting up. hot. And just like find two other cases like that. I don't know. And magically you've done way more push-ups over a week than you would have otherwise. Exactly. It's just about making those, I forget what um, they call it in atomic habits, but essentially like grouping positive habits together. Yeah. Um, it's like bundling. What's it called? Something um, not bunching. Maybe bunching, task bundling. Habit bun- bunching, bundling. Something like that. Something like that. I should go reread that book, honestly. Yeah, yeah I think it's going to... It's one of the only books I ever, I'm ever, i ever going to keep as a physical copy as a reminder that it's as impactful on me as it was, uh, by the way. Because I have like the Kindle now. And I think it's that yeah. and the Daily Stoic are the only two books I'll ever have physical copies of because I love them so much. But going back to, to that, yeah, it's like with working out for me, I think obviously, just to be blunt... Chance and I have a way better base than anyone, the majority of the population. Like we're extremely hyperactive people for a long period of time. So our base is just going to be better. And that is something that a lot of people have to mentally overcome. It's like, well, my base isn't as good. You only do that working out and I'm not going to look like that. It's like, well, I mean, we also did have to do that first. And like, to be, to be honest, like, I'm sorry, but that's the way the world works. If you do not do something to your body to make it look like it's in shape generally speaking it will not give you the results you want like um that's just kind of how it is like i I don't want to be rude but like i (laughs) the the general sentiment that like it's a poor me situation is like but like i had to sacrifice so much to get to this point you've had to sacrifice probably even more because you ran more than i did so it's like yeah 
Like, think about all the hours we've spent running in our lives. Oh, no, I was just thinking about the other day on the run. I was like, so let's say that I average over a week of running, like 640 pace. So for every nine miles, it takes an hour. Yep. If I do a 90-mile week, that's 10 hours right there of just physically running. That's not even stretching. That's not even sitting around. That's not rest in between reps of a workout or showering. I was like, man, this is a this is a twenty hour job, probably. Like, how many miles did you hit last year? On average, I did like ninety most week. Do you know, like, your sorry, your uh, yearly oh my total mileage? mileage? Yeah, it was uh thirty three hundred. Okay, so if we had like thirty two fifty, uh, let's do three thousand one hundred fifty for your whole career, like in just an average, or three k as an average, because okay. we're including high school. So three k as an average, including high school. You started. What year was your first year of running in high school? Freshman year of high school. No, but so what, be, what year was that? Uh, fall of 2015. Okay, so it's been seven years, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's 21,000 miles. Okay, so with that logic, you divide it by, um, you said nine miles is an hour. Yeah. Right? So if you put 2,000 333 hours of running in. So when people give me that whole like, oh, well, he has a better base. I'm like, yeah, well, he is also or of I've probably ran somewhere around 2K hours in my life um, to 2,000 hours of running. You've ran mm-hmm. more, probably 2,500 hours of running in your life. It's like, uh, I get it. I hear you. But also, let's not discredit the fact that the person has put 25,000 hours or sorry, 2,500 <laughs> hours into this. And also, we have both had to lift we both had to do core. Like I am not even counting the other third of the things we had to do all through college. So it's a lot. Yeah. I don't even, I think the ultimate point here isn't to like flex like how much we've done, but to say that I think that the threshold is a lot lower than people think. Yeah. And I think that there's kind of this, um, there's kind of this black and white false yes. perception where it's like, oh, you're a division one athlete. You're fully doing it. Or, you know, even if like, I think there's even people like, um, my girlfriend, she runs pretty casually, but a lot of people, her coworkers will look at that and be like, oh, you're the runner. I'm the non-runner. There's layers so to know, this. Like, yeah. There's so many layers and nuance. It's like, yes, yeah, she's a runner, but I'm also a runner. And that looks so different. And I think that you can be someone who goes to the gym and lifts really crazy, or you could be like a power lifter, even at like a, you know, professional or some kind of like competitive level or you could also be someone who just reps out push-ups in their free time like there's, there's so much nuance to it and i think that when you're talking about dealing with overwhelm this is not only a way that you can do it like fit in some kind of exercise in the midst of overwhelm but i think it's key to navigating overwhelm because you, you do not want to view physical it, outlet yeah you don't want to view the working out as like something that is going to take you hours and whatever and it's going to be like this overwhelming insane part of your life or else you just won't keep it up to be to be honest like the the atomic habits lessons i definitely learned were that if you overstress those sort of things and you don't make it small first i know notice people in my life who've never been able to keep up a workout routine or mainly because they go through the classic american cycle of i'm going to do all this 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 and this and this and then they they do it for like two days and they're done it's 
just about doing something small that you end up liking over and over again and then you get pseudo addicted to it and then you end up just doing it over time and and your body looks good honestly for all the guys or girls on here that are like pretty fine on their weight side of things but maybe they don't like the physique they have guys i was a really skinny dude for a long time i think i looked a little bit more fit than like a lot of the other like cross-country dudes but i quit upper body working out for like over a year because of my hernia and i was starting from like zero and i'm a year later and i'm like probably in better shape from like a strength perspective than I've ever been. So it's just like, and I haven't been doing much. I've been doing pushups and like using my Bowflex with like three basic exercises for a year. So I haven't really done, I haven't done more than 15 (laughs) to 20 minutes of working out a day outside of running when I do for a year. And I'm in Mm -hmm. way better shape than I was before. So it's like, it's just 10, 15 minutes here and there. And you'll be, you'll be happier having done that than using that 15 minutes on your phone as I, I know that's a crutch saying and i use it a lot on yeah. here but when it comes to doing that versus push-ups no one can argue against me that that's not true like 15 minutes you're on your phone randomly outside of when you're in public and it'd be weird to do push-ups from a like hygiene perspective yeah i don't know <laughs> from a hygiene perspective yeah that's that's funny <laughs> yeah i mean yeah like it, it's a point where we're we're ramming in here, but I think it is kind of simple, but I understand too. Like, I think what's key is, um, setting up your two minute rule, like make it so that it only takes two minutes to start the thing. And I think also gain that perspective because after the first or second time of doing it, you do feel good about it. Oh yeah. There's rarely a time where you do the exercise and afterward feel bad about doing it. I think there's a lot of times beforehand where, you know, obviously like you're like, you say it's going to suck. Like a great, great example for me is doing yoga. Mm. it's one of those things i'm trying to get back into and actually i'm going to use this to also answer how i'm um mm-hmm. what's something i'm doubling down on in midst of overwhelm i think it's going to be yoga Good. because meditation is so always something i fall back on and i think that stretching and doing something that makes my body feel good when i wake up in the morning especially with all the shoulder and neck stress i've been dealing with sitting in this chair hunched over these textbooks mm. I think yoga is really nice at doing both because you get those physical benefits of recovery, but at the same time, it is a mindfulness practice. They want you to focus on your inhale and exhalations in a really mannered way Mm. that goes with like kind of the flow of the motions and really just kind of clear your mind. I think after I do that, like I, I just feel so recovered afterward, but I've fallen in and out of love with yoga because... It's simply just like rolling out my yoga mat, turning on the down dog app, like getting ready to start it. I'm like, oh, I got to do all that. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do all that. Like, it, yeah, exactly. It's just friction. It's just talking myself out of it because we love talking ourselves out of those things, especially physical stuff. Like my buddy went for like a two mile run the other day. He used to be on the cross country team with me in high school. And he was like, yeah, I was eight minutes into this run, man. And my body just told me to quit. Like I almost hopped off the treadmill. Wow. He was like, I made a commitment to myself to do 20 minutes. And so when I got to like the 10 or 12 minute mark, I just felt amazing. But it's crazy how little pain it takes for us to try to talk ourselves out of things. Oh, 1000%. I've gotten to that point from a health perspective too. I mean, or from a running perspective too. I totally, I feel that dude. Cause when you, when you go out of shape and then you try again, it's hard. Um, so that's, I actually want to know what your take is on because I think it actually fits really well with one of the productive brews you talked about. Uh, social deprioritization 
when it comes to overwhelming times in your life. I think especially with like the trip you just recently took versus the trip you took to Colorado. I think it it does have a good, there's a good analogy there between, you know, the circumstance where someone's going to go to the bar with their friends after work when they got a lot going on to just de-stress in their own head. They're saying they deserve versus sitting at home and like reading or like just literally just vegging so that they can mentally recover. You're even just like a, a really sober chill hangout, yeah. I think is yeah. almost a nice analogy to that too. Yeah. Cause that productive bro is talking about, I went on a trip to Colorado and it was fun, but it was fast paced. It was breakneck speed, a lot of driving, a lot of hiking. So it didn't feel very rejuvenating when I got back. And then more recently I went to um, Minnesota, went to Northern Minnesota. We were just sitting up in a cabin and there wasn't a whole lot to do, but we're still kind of hanging out, having some pretty meaningful and fun conversations. Um, I think that this, this is a nice analogy. I like this because it's something that you can manifest more into your daily life is... If you'd like to continue listening to this conversation, you'll need to subscribe at riseproductive.com slash membership or on your favorite podcast app. Once you do, you'll get full length access to these episodes of the Rise Productive podcast, as well as access to our subscriber only podcast and newsletter, The Weekly Pour Over.